I'm Rebecca Hamilton, author, artist, photographer, and entrepreneur. And I'm Chad Hamilton, marathon runner, podcast host, and addictions advocate. We're back for season four of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast. And let's just say that we've scrapped a lot more than just the sweet talk since we talked to you last. Yeah, that's right. We've scrapped our entire bakery business altogether. After over a decade of growing Chick Boss cake from the ground up, building it to over a million in sales and investing all of our time, money, and energy into it, we decided to close it down. Let's just say we've grown into completely different people than the kids we once were when we started it. And ironically, we've both developed a passion for living a healthy lifestyle that does not align with running a sugary, processed food, dessert empire. It's hard to believe we ended up here. It is. And this season, we're talking all about change. That's right. And you know, it's so much easier to keep doing what you've always done and way more difficult to let go of comfort and step into the unknown. That's for sure. Welcome to season four of Scrap the Sweet Talk podcast, where we hope to inspire you to challenge societal norms, old beliefs, and realign to become your most authentic self. Let's do it. So I think it just makes sense on this episode, episode number two, to talk about why we don't like sugar and why we no longer want to promote sugar. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we haven't ate sugar regularly in years. Um, I mean, it's uh, no matter what you see online, any variation of any kind of diet, whether it's keto or paleo or vegan or vegetarian or Mediterranean, um, the fact of the matter is none of those diets promote eating sugar, right? right. So, so when you think about that, n- nobody can dispute whatever spectrum of whatever diet yeah. you believe in. You cannot dispute the the glucose reaction that your body has when you consume sugar. Yeah. And so sugar is like the underlying or the 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 main component that is non-existent in any healthy lifestyle or healthy diet. Okay. And so We've learned so much over the years. We love watching documentaries and learning. And of course, when you watch things online and on TV and stuff, you want to come at them with an open mind, okay? Clearly, you want to question, you want to challenge things. Um, but what we've learned is that there's no challenge. Nobody can make an argument for having processed foods and sugar in your diet. It is not beneficial whatsoever. Okay. So it's, it's one of those things where it's like, if you can't make an argument for its benefit, then why are we putting it into our bodies? The only reason I can come up with as to why we do this is out of emotion. And it is the same reason why we do unhealthy, we have unhealthy habits like alcohol consumption or smoking or any unhealthy habit is to fill some kind of void or make ourselves feel better or give us a hit of dopamine that we're lacking in our everyday lives. So that's it. There's no nutritional benefit to it whatsoever. It's all an emotional um, habit that we've created, that we've been taught by society, which is actually freaking nuts, okay? That, um, you know, the, the marketing and the branding of you know, the cereals for children at such a young age, you go down those aisles and it's like colorful. They have, you know, fun, cute Tony mascots. the Tiger on Frosted Flakes. Of yeah. course, right? Yeah. And that's the same shit that we grew up eating. Which is apparently, from what I've been told, is that it is no more. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's in Canada or not, but they're definitely trying to... Um, get a handle on the marketing of unhealthy products for children. Um, of course, I mean, every little bit helps, but like they're trying to like make way for healthier habits and stuff like that. Obviously, we have a really, really, really long way to go. Um, but even in some countries now, they have taxes on sugar products, which is, I think is amazing. Now that I don't own a business, I don't have to pay for the taxes. I think it's amazing. <laughs> 
Yeah, sugar tax. It's crazy. But um, hey, these are things that we have to do sometimes to intervene, to tell people, um, you know, that you have to kind of pay a price in order for that to happen. It's kind of like when they added, um, you know, the like the the cancerous teeth on cigarette packs. It's like, yeah. I don't know what more evidence that we have to put in front of your eyes for you to, to realize like this stuff is not good. And, and the worst way that you can get such an injection of sugar is sugary drinks. Um, they're in, they're, sugar's in all kinds of drinks. So you think about it, you're just like sucking that back in like tons of grams of sugar in a matter of seconds, um, yeah. which is something we never drink. Well, and your body's not even meant to process that. So it makes sense that it causes all of this, these issues in your body because it's, it's a substance that your body does not need nor want. It doesn't really want anything to do with it, right? And that's why it causes the inflammation, the anxiety, all of the negative effects, right? There's no positive effects of eating or drinking sugar. Yeah, and so, um, I mean, the only positive thing is dopamine, which is only temporary. And yeah. so with me, you know, having the addictions background and, um, you know, a lot of the things that, uh, you know, contribute to addiction is, is, is centered around dopamine. You, you, it will work. Like this stuff does work short term. As a term, drug, as right? a drug. Yeah, so yeah. It, it, it patches it up. It works short term, but the problem is long term is where you see all these negative effects. And, yeah. and you know, human beings, we're really kind of short term minded. We're, totally. we're short, we're seeking the quick fix um, in this day and age we want something that's convenient that's easy that's like a hack right nobody wants to actually th the whole saying if we underestimate how much we can do in a year and we um, or we overestimate how much we can do a year and we underestimate how much we can do in an entire decade and the thing is that decade's gonna come like you're gonna be 10 years older 10 years from now and if you don't start taking these things seriously like it's gonna really bite you in the butt and so why don't you talk about um, when you were in the hospital and and sort of how that kickstarted this health journey and really opened your eyes to, to sugar and things that we were doing in our lives. Yeah, for sure. So before I get into that, is it true that sugar is more addictive than cocaine? Because I've always heard that. <laughs> Do you know yeah, if that's so I mean, true? I'm, I'm not an expert, but I know that um, that theory is based on you I've know, heard that studies that they've done with with rats. I believe yeah, mul that's primarily right. yeah. that rats will prefer will, the sugar. They will, they will literally eat the sugar over the cocaine. Over cocaine, right? Which yeah. is like insane. It is insane. You know, it's so crazy. So, um, yeah, like I think I think in the years to come, maybe not in our lifetime, but I think you know, in in future lifetimes, sugar is going to be. Uh, it's going to be a substance, a drug, considered a drug. Um, but yeah, so anyways, I ended up in the hospital um, about almost, it'll be two years in the spring, which is kind mm, of yep, crazy. crazy. Um, feels like yesterday. But uh, yeah, and I talked about my experience in the hospital on last season of the podcast. Um, I didn't really talk about it in the first episode of this season, but I would say that it was a, a pretty big contributing factor to the decision in um, getting rid of our bakery business in the sense that it really put things into perspective of how important health and wellness is. Because until you don't have health, um, in your corner, like until you're unhealthy, you don't really realize that that's all that actually matters, right? Like what's that one saying about the health yeah, it says and the that, dreams? Um, a healthy person has a million dreams and a sick person has just one. Which is to get healthy again, because that's, right. that's all that really matters, right? So think about a time where you were sick, maybe you had the flu or a cold or God forbid you had COVID or something like that, or even something worse and you ended up in the hospital, right? You don't give a shit about anything else. Like you don't, you know, you call in sick to work. You just, all you care about is getting better, right? So then I was in the hospital um, for a week in the ICU with uh, a viral meningitis, which was fucking awful. And just sitting in the hospital bed thinking like, I I need to do anything possible to never end up in this situation if I can help it ever again because this is fucking horrendous, okay? I don't know if you guys have ever had an experience in the hospital, but it is not fun sitting in a room, beeping at you all day, getting poked with needles all day, feeling your absolute worst because that's why you're in the hospital to begin with, right? So you're in a public setting feeling like death 
And, you know, it, it's, it's just awful. You're sitting there with your own thoughts all day, not feeling well and excruciating pain. And it's like, what do I have to do to make sure I don't end up here again? Because I'm pretty sure I'm going to do what I can do to not end up here again, right? So that just really solidified our, you know, wellness journey that, you know, we've gradually done, but that really, really sped it up at that point. Um, And that's when we really, really cut out even more sugar, even more processed foods. I had actually quit alcohol just a few months before that happened, but I'm sure if I didn't quit at that point, I would have quit at that point when I was in the hospital. Um, I'm really glad that I quit beforehand because that just, you know, I, I found, I found quitting alcohol really, really hard to do. Not that I felt like I had an actual addiction or problem to it, but it was definitely a coping mechanism. um, And I just enjoyed it a lot. I liked going to wineries. I liked the whole, you know, thing about it. And um, quitting alcohol is really hard to do, especially the first few months. But then after coming out of the hospital, I was like, well, it doesn't feel so hard anymore because why am I going to put toxic chemicals in my body um, and, you know, just up my risk factor for all kinds of diseases and illnesses and and whatever, right? And even if we're not talking about long-term, like really serious things like cancer and stuff like that, just, just consuming regular sugar and alcohol is going to make you get the cold or catch a flu or any of these more minor illnesses that are annoying as fuck to have, um, you are going to get them more often because people that consume unhealthy foods like that, they get sick more often. They just do. And I was one of those people. I would be sick all the time. I would get sick like every other month when I was, you know, drinking alcohol, not watching what I was eating, eating tons of sugar, um, Yeah, I got sick all the time, not to mention I had like chronic depression, anxiety, like my body was super inflamed. I was 70 pounds heavier and it was just, it was just a mess. So yes, my experience in the hospital and being really, really sick really just amplified my desire and my ambition to really watch what I was putting in my body because as human beings, society likes to, um, our society is run on capitalism. So we are run, we're marketed to by companies trying to make money. Okay. I've been in the business industry. I know how it works and they don't give a fuck about your health and your well being. They just don't, they care about their bottom line. And from their perspective, the more sugar and processed foods and shit that you eat, the better for them. That's their goal. That's why they spend millions of dollars on marketing to get you to be addicted and eat more of this garbage, right? Yeah, and I'm really excited about an upcoming podcast that we're going to have on capitalism because we really dove deep into this uh, recently, uh, you know, basically asking the question of, what is the motive? So anything you yeah. embark on, any product you purchase, any service you take on, any um, you know arrangement you get into in this world, it's always what is the motive? Who has the best interest here? Yeah. And when you really dig deep into that, you recognize that nine times out of 10, the best interest is never for you. No, okay? it's, it never so, is. Even if they try to market it to right. you or whatever, if it's something that you're paying money for, the interest is the financial gain. That's right, exactly. So if you think about any food product, Okay, which is um, you know manufactured at mass scale, they're gonna cut costs any way that they can for some sort of filler, some sort of substitute, some additive, anything that they can just jam in there that that is a fraction of the cost. Because if you're selling you know millions of, of these items each year, you, you know just simply changing you know this One small uh, thing, this sweetener, this sugar, or this you know um, oil or that, like th- this all helps to improve their. Profitability. Do you think that, to your point that you said, do you think they give a shit about your well-being? Absolutely when not. A- adding extra sugar? No, they care about it tasting better. More sugar tastes better. Nobody can dispute that. But the problem is that's at the expense of your health. You know, uh, yeah. you have to be looking at the, the backs of these labels. Um, but I love what you said earlier about the contrast. Like we, we use this theory, Rebecca and I, all the time. And it's, it's about contrast. So if you look at anything in your life and you contrast that mm-hmm. to when things were worse and how things are now or vice versa, you will 
almost always be able to see a clear distinction between you know what it is that is good and what is bad right yeah so i will just tell you i know there's so many people who are tired they have no energy they're anxious they're depressed they're unhappy in some way and i guarantee you if you cut out sugar processed foods artificial flavors artificial food colorings those things alone for at least a couple of months and you just contrast that to how you felt before you will not touch the shit oh, again night and day. you literally night will not because you you just can't like why are you going to jeopardize your energy and feeling on top of the world for for putting something that tastes good for two seconds in your body i don't think so because <laughs> that was my experience i i cannot tell you how big of a difference it is and you don't know until you actually commit to doing that and experiencing that for yourself yeah it's interesting i remember you know many years ago because i i would always be about wanting to you know go to go to mandarin for my birthday or i had a you know a relationship where food where i was always like let me just like i'll, I'll just because i'm a really athletic person so i'd be like okay i can just you know yeah. i can work do just work out more just run further exercise more and then i can eat whatever i want and so what i've found is that um you know and, and you you came up with this thing you're like you're like chad you'll eat again yeah and then i'm like saying. you know what I'm like, I will eat again. And then so I don't have to go to town and, and yeah. then, you know, upset my stomach or whatever. And then another one that you, you say to me that, that I found hilarious is that you're like, it only ever tastes, like the sugar only ever tastes good for the first couple bites. Literally then, does. So think about it. You can test this cereal. Go eat something. Go eat a donut. Go eat a cupcake, a cake, whatever. And, and the first couple bites, oh my God, it's delicious. We're not disputing that. No. But the, the, the last portion of what you ate is just going to taste like you're eating anything because you already have that dopamine in you and it's gone and that's no different yeah. than with drugs with alcohol all this kind of so stuff it's true. like that first rush and that's what everybody you know is always seeking and, the, and that's where it gets you and so um you know to rebecca's point the best thing is not all cut back minimize okay i mean obviously you do that if you're you know really struggling but i mean it, until you actually get it out of your system your body will the cravings will go away but the, the thing is people they they justify and so much of what we'll talk about in these podcasts is the the rationalization the justification it, it runs rampant in your mind and well, so because oh, of the marketing and, and all right. this stuff on social media promoting it and stuff like that not to mention the type of shit that you've ate growing up because other like your family didn't know any better and they were marketed to telling you that cornflakes or frosted flakes or fucking honey nut cheerios were healthy for you um you know you grow up eating those things so you just don't think that they're that bad for you Right. And another justification, somebody hearing this would be like, well, I ate like crap as a kid and I turned out fine. Uh, did you? Are you? Well, till, till what, maybe. What potential? You don't know the long term. You don't know when you're 50, 60, so exactly. you know what's going to happen. And that's right? why a lot of older people have these health conditions. That's right. That, um, you know, certain, like that that uh, Blue Zone study that we, we watched the documentary on Netflix, certain demographics of people that live a sugar-free, healthy lifestyle, which has there's other contributing factors of course but they don't eat processed foods they don't eat sugar they're moving more and they're living to like a hundred years old fully healthy not in nursing homes not being sick not dying of cancer not all these diseases they're living a healthy and long life and isn't that the fucking goal here i don't know <laughs> Exactly. So, um, yeah, I mean, you you started the keto thing, which keto by nature is no sugar. So, you, right. you know, you're having erythritol, monk fruit as like these are the, yeah. um, you know, stevia, organic, um, uh, you know, these are sugar substitutes that don't uh, spike your glucose levels or add carbs to your, um, to throw you out of ketosis. And not artificial sweeteners. I'm yeah. not a fan of those either. They're like, they have to be natural sweeteners. That's right. So why don't you talk uh, a little bit about, um, you know, once again, not necessarily the keto diet, but more so um, like what happened when you started to cut, sh cut sugar out and, and what, how you felt before and how you felt after. Okay. So how I felt before when I was eating tons of sugar, um, obviously I was very obese, overweight, but I had the worst foggy brain in the entire world. I could not focus on things. I, my creativity was pretty shitty. Um, I didn't want to socialize at all. I didn't care about a lot of things in my life, things that typically would bring somebody like joy and happiness. I didn't give a fuck about. 
Um, it was foggy brain and no energy. So think about it. If you have foggy brain and no energy, like what what like why do you even want to live your life? Like it's it's horrendous. It's like so bad. So that compared to how I feel now, just simply living a healthy eating lifestyle. I don't I don't work out as much as Chad does, okay? I'm not I don't really like working out. I think that it is very beneficial. I agree with that. I like to um I like to hike, I like to be in nature, I like to do th- like active things, but I'm more of a light active workout person and Chad is like I'm going to run marathons person. So uh, just solely on a healthy diet in and of itself have noticed that my energy is probably 200% better. My foggy brain, I do not have it at all unless I eat sugar and I can notice it the next fucking day. So that's how I know now. Now that my body has like got rid of all that and detoxified all that shit, now when I do have it, um, I really pay for it and I really notice. So I have a really big contrast uh, to play with here. And um, and I, I, I would just, I would never go back to my old eating habits now that I know how big of a difference it plays. And if you think about it, if you're feeling that way from day to day, imagine what it's doing to you long-term and the internal side of your organs and your body and stuff like that, right? Like there's, it's crazy. And if you just go on, you know, if you go on YouTube or even on Netflix and stuff and you watch some of those documentaries, I'm a very open-minded person. I like to challenge a lot of things, but there's not a whole lot that's gonna challenge the the whole sugar industry and how you should be eating significantly less of it to feel better. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I've seen a huge change ever since you, um, you know, stopped eating sugar. And uh, yeah, I seen the the depths of, of how bad it was. Obviously, it, we had that health scare. And, um, you know, that really helped to catapult it because you're right. Before then, we were kind of dabbling and eating healthy, maybe mm-hmm. a little, little bit less sugar here and there cutting back the whole um, passive baby step approach. And, and it wasn't until that we went through that health scare that it was like, oh, my God, like, you know, this could be avoided potentially if I'm just healthier. And and one of the main contributors to inflammation is uh, eating sugar. Like you can do all the research. Like I said, you can watch, you can you can be on the vegan side, you can be on the carnivore side, paleo, mediterranean, all these things. And none yeah, of them have sugar. None of them have the impact at the, of what it does with the glucose levels in the body, right? No, um, but I'm saying none of them have sugar in the diet. Yeah, well, like that's it's the thing not too. A thing. It's not like, oh, it's do this and whatever, right? Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so when we kind of realize that we're like wait a minute this is like this is crazy like your body doesn't even need sugar and we're, we're even learning now even more so that the body doesn't even necessarily need carbs which you know translate into sugar once they they get into the body right but um you know so it's just insane to think that this is something that our society is is just pumping into everything and and people are are, are saying oh it's because you're eating meat or oh it's because you're not exercising and oh it's because you're you know stressed and you know, and I'm sure some of those things do contribute to, but but nowhere to the level that they do. Um, so yeah, I would encourage each and every uh, one of you out there if you're if you're feeling the symptoms of fatigue, low energy, um, you know, hard to get out of bed in the morning, you, you're, you're foggy brain, you're kind of going up and down with anxiety, your moods, anxiety, depression, depression, the whole all thing, that shit. right? Like these are the people that go, oh, I tried everything. I've tried switching my meds. I've tried you know eating less of that. I've tried yeah, this. I've tried on, exercising. They're, they're not on, doing. They're on the meds and. And then they're eating sugar and processed food. And it's like, okay, be on the meds for a bit and see if they help you. But like also do what you actually have to do that's actually going to make an impact and get rid of the fucking shitty diet. So important. And so like if you think about our our society and our culture is like chronically obese. Okay. That is just obvious. And it's a stat. And... Um, I was very obese at one point too. And I'm just going to let, like, tell you straight up that this whole body positivity movement that's going on and trying to make that acceptable is alarming. Okay. Because I'm just going to be honest with you guys, that mentality, I totally bought into that. And I thought like, oh, I'm just, I'm overweight and it's fine. And I'm going to be body positive and stuff like that. So it worked on me. And it was keeping me 
obese and being fine with being obese because I'm thinking like, okay, now I I should just be body positivity and maybe it's fine and acceptable and whatever. But the reality is, is that the science says that the obesity is so bad for inflammation and leading to other chronic illnesses okay and so it's it's just a scientific fact that it puts more pressure more strain on your body and you are not functioning at optimal capacity so it's one of those really sensitive topics because people you know, our society as a culture, they want to create things that make us feel better for how we are or accept ourselves for how we are, but it's still, it's at the expense of your own health and well-being. So how good for it is, is it really? You know what I mean? I feel like it does more harm than good. And I think it's important to obviously be kind to people and nobody should ever feel, you know, be made fun of or, or anything like that. But I still think that, I mean, you should care enough about your health to at least be making small changes in the right direction and acknowledging that that's not the most healthiest condition to to be in it's just it's just not and so sugar and processed foods is like the number one contributing factor to the obesity issue right and obviously in type 2 diabetes and developing that over time and then there was that um, documentary we watched about um, diabetes type 2 diabetes and the insulin um, the the drug insulin company that makes the drug is also funding um, they're funding scientific studies trying to promote eating the sugar and eating carbs even when you're type 2 diabetic so that in turn you need to buy more insulin instead of just not eating sugar and carbs and therefore not needing a lot of insulin but they're trying to just sell you the drug is the, the short of it yeah i mean this is what we learned I, it's and disgusting. I had no clue how the the politics behind all this stuff were, and i've learned so much um over the years about how lobbyists um you know the these big companies in, in the states you know that that work for coca-cola or um what's the cereal brand general mills uh, company Kellogg, stuff like that like they hire what are called lobbyists who then go into um to to government to debate the fact that um you know that these laws and regulations and and their product is not as bad as you know the media says that it is and they fund their own studies and shit and they fund their own studies it's like a conflict of interest how biased is that right and so it's crazy to think that we live in a world and this is part of what we're going to get into this season is that we live in a world where that type of because it's a capitalistic world because it is um driven on ensuring that society functions and jobs happen and everybody prospers quote unquote prospers but they don't actually prosper all of this this stuff is not for the betterment of of your of yourself so so like i said these people are are funding these studies they're telling you it's okay this and then it creates this confusion in the marketplace and then the confusion is what they want right yeah so when they create the confusion what does it do to the individual it creates rationalization and it also creates the the consumer to be confused so then all of a sudden the consumer's like well i don't know what to do so i'm gonna causes cancer so it passed me the sugar yeah so screw that or i'm also gonna buy you know this health product and that health product and and like are they even really health products probably not like did you read the ingredients like the other day i read chad read the ingredients to this milk product that we were buying that was like cashew and almond milk sounds pretty fucking healthy and uh didn't think to look at the back label because it sounds like a fucking health food obviously yeah it's crazy fucking vegetable oil as the second ingredient vegetable oil so that if anybody out there is drinking silk almond and cashew blend like the high protein eight gram of protein yeah um, they advertise i never looked at like oh this is a great um you know non-dairy uh high protein milk alternative right because i'm an active guy like this is great literally vegetable is like the second or third ingredient like oh my god how disgusting is that i'm drinking vegetable oil like as a as a like a tall glass of vegetable oil milk (laughs) i couldn't believe it i was like this is disgusting so then i started looking by the way vegetable oil and seed oils like canola oils also equally as bad as sugar so that's why we're bringing that up yeah so um 
So yeah, luckily the almond milk version of that does not have vegetable oil for whatever reason they decided that they needed to put that. This is what I'm saying. It's all about cost, right? Yeah. So there's obviously something in there that they needed to or well, taste or texture or whatever. So they're yeah, just fucking so filling it with vegetable, vegetable oil. So let's put some vegetable oil and then here we go. And then they put on the label, oh, protein. protein healthy. Right? They so fooled th- me, so. <laughs> it's So a, a great example, yeah. if you grab a pack of, um, you know, candy, Twizzlers, uh, let's just use for example, it'll say fat-free on it. Okay. Yeah. Yes. So healthy. Fat-free amazing right we're just hiding the sugar so don't let the front of the label um, and the marketing that there is marketing teams that have profit on their minds absolutely Uh, that is all the front label of any food product okay it's the actual ingredients that they are uh, required to list in chronological order of the volume that they have um, that that matters so I don't even look at whatever the front of the thing is I just turn it around every time every time every time right and so uh, and yeah that this was one of the rare ones right I even someone like us felt prey and guilty exactly. that we just assumed it was that, healthy. that the silk, this, this milk alternative would be good. Why else would anybody want a milk alternative? Okay, maybe they're just lactose-free. I don't know. But majority, I would assume, people that want these milk alternatives are looking for something healthier. Yeah. Um, and of course, like I said, it has all the health benefits on the front. You turn around, you're drinking vegetable oil. Yeah, disgusting. So... The number one thing that I think people really, really, really need to start to recognize and get through their head is that you need to be the biggest advocate for your own health, okay? Don't rely on the government. Don't rely on the fucking food companies for sure because they are all for profit, okay? There's no, there's, that's obvious. If that's not obvious to you, then it is now. So you need to be your advocate for your own health and wellness. And you need to decide what you're going to be putting in your body and what you're not and not letting these companies tell you what you should be putting in your body and not. Right. So that's the number one message that I want to get across. And, um, and yeah, so we started to follow uh, a few people on um, Instagram and YouTube. We found that we're really, really good at uh, talking about this stuff. And the one guy that I really like, his name is Eddie Abu. And his, um, it's funny because I started following him kind of right before we decided we were going to close the bakery business down. And I was like... I don't know. I just felt like this is an alignment of the universe because he is so hilarious and he's just so straightforward. And he goes into grocery stores, goes down the cereal aisles and he goes, look at all this shit that they're selling our kids and that this is shit and that's shit. And he's just like literally calling it out as it is. And that's the kind of content that I personally like to watch. <laughs> I just like to watch really straight up people saying it how I, it I'll is. I'll just be sitting there and all of a sudden I'll look over and is it this cereal? Don't give this to your kids. It's fucking shit. Yeah. He's got like a British accent. It's hilarious, it's right? It's so funny. Yeah. So you should follow him. Um, and so he talks about he's, uh, talks about the processed foods and the sugars and stuff like that and how terrible it is. Um, so I really like to follow him. And then also this other lady that we found, um, her, her name is, well, her Instagram name is Glucose Goddess. And she talks a lot about how... Um, by eating sugar, it spikes our insulin levels, which is pretty basic, obvious information. And so when we're spiking our sugar, our insulin levels throughout the day so frequently, the way that we do, which by the way, back in the day in our ancestral days, we didn't do that because we would only eat like, you know, meat and vegetables and stuff like that. Um, we didn't have the processed uh, a sugar. Maybe we would eat fruit, which would spike the insulin levels, but it was very sparingly back back then. Um, so now with our, you know, our shittier diets and, and society now with all the sugar and shit, then we are constantly spiking it so many times throughout the day. And it's those spikes in insulin that um, really contribute to a lot of the inflammation and the unhealth, uh, unhealthy factors that contribute to a lot of long-term diseases and stuff like that. Um, is caused by these spikes in insulin, and also it, it. They were. She was saying that it really enhances the aging process and your cells to. Uh, degenerate or whatever um so i found that her information was really interesting and she kind of talks about and gives tips on how you can lower the insulin spikes of certain foods primarily carbohydrates uh as well would be the healthier version like the carbs you know like potatoes and stuff like that 
Um, but yeah, just learning about all of the different reasons why sugar and processed foods are bad really, really help you to understand so that you have the information because once you learn it you can't unlearn it yeah and so um that kind of reminds me of like you know you think about how people that smoke cigarettes has went down like substantially like yeah. you know the last 10 20 years and and a big part of that is that this you know the generation that would typically start smoking for their entire lives they've seen presentations in school about here's a black lung and yeah. you know you get all this information and they have like educational seminars in schools and like we had that and you know i'm sure there's even more of that once i left school and so you know you're you're told all of these damaging effects and then you know of course now kids are into you know vaping and there's always alternatives but but the thing is is that it's 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 like when you learn the information and the underlying like and that's why you and i are super nerdy like that like we'll get deep into like the science and like the actual reason because yeah if, i need to know we need why. to know right know and why. so once you know why yeah. th- th- your favorite line that you love saying is like you can't unlearn it right no. so you know she breaks it down where it's like hey you know that spikes then your mitochondria which is like the energy um you know proponent in your body then it comes and it like basically like scoops up all that glucose and then like tries to store it or use it it usually can't use all the 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 sugar and then it just like stores the rest as fat and then it like moves on so basically you put sugar in your body your body like raises alarm bells Mm -hmm. it starts cleaning up all the damage and then um and then what is it the the liver or the pancreas what was it the pancreas yeah this starts to and so it's basically just like like warning warning and like no other food like does it to that degree except for carbs but at a lesser level no and if you um, think about it, that you're not supposed to be putting stuff in your right. body that does that. Yeah. If it has that effect, it's obviously it's yeah. not good sure for alcohol, you. Alcohol does the same thing. Right? Alcohol Similar would do thing, even right? worse, yeah. I would think. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, actually, that reminds me of the 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 campaign that Chad seen on a, a bus ad recently in Woodstock, Ontario, um, that he sent to me right away because it was hilarious. Because it says alcohol causes cancer. Now you know. And it was by, that's all it says. And it was by Southwest Public Health Unit. And uh, he sent me this picture and I'm like, wow, that is a bold ass campaign and I love it. So I shared it on my social media and I tagged them and they're like, thank you so much for tagging us. I know it's going to be a very controversial campaign and da, 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 da. And I'm like, you know what? Those campaigns are the best campaigns because people need to know and not be in denial. And it's, it's, you know what I mean? I have a lot of friends and family that drink alcohol. It's other people's decisions don't affect me whatsoever okay but if you ask me my opinion i'm going to give you my opinion and because you're listening to my podcast you're getting my opinion so i'm not the type of person to just you know i i'll i have people over at my house and if they want to drink wine or have beer or whatever that is just not my business but if they ask me why i'm not drinking i just simply tell them that i am not into putting toxic and poison in my body and if that offends somebody then they ask my opinion you know what i mean so um but truthfully, I don't care what other people do. I'm just sharing, you know, what I know and what I, why I don't do what I don't do. So I love that campaign. And I think that um, now with a lot of non-alcoholic wines and non-alcoholic cocktails and stuff, they're becoming really popular. That's a really good industry to get into if you're, you know, looking for something to, you know, that's going to flourish over the years, I think, because a lot of people are taking this more seriously. I think my age generation. Yeah, there's a um, huge health movement. Like I it's said, a these, huge thing. these, these yeah. are the things like, you know, you, you see those um, ads, you know, where it says, uh, you know, camel cigarettes are the number one recommended cigarettes by doctors, you know, these exactly. are the, the the ones that are the doctors smoke and then you know you, and, and doctors it, are recommending that it's yeah. okay to have yeah. like and a couple so of evolves, glasses a day right? and so of there's wine. all these things over the years that they find out end up being terrible for you right and even um uh, and so yeah it's going to evolve into one, for yeah, sure. alcohol i mean is one sugar will be another like these are the things right we and and because it's you know the, it's the money that comes out of it that this is why it it, it, it perpetuates so right it's why it, it takes so long, long because government everybody knows what's happening yeah. Yeah. Right. They just don't want to tell you because they get tax dollars from it. Right. And 100%. they get and companies profit. And, and so it's it's frustrating for Rebecca and I. And this is this is definitely like our new calling into what we're doing in the future is that we're not going to be living our lives. Um, and, and once again, sugar is definitely the main one, but it's also consumerism, buying products that you don't need. Who the hell needs an Apple Watch? OK, so I know that's a whole other topic for another day, but like, <laughs> let's be real. Here. 
random thing. Yeah. There, there is no reason. Okay, your phone will give you everything you need other than that watch. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, that's we, we'll we save had, that for another. We had Apple watches. We literally for, just stopped wearing. It was like this is the biggest useless we, piece of crap. Yeah, we right? had them yeah. for like maybe like a few months, yeah. and we're like, this is like, no. do I need my wrist no. and my hand buzzing at the no. same time? No. Like, no. People say, oh, well, it has this one feature. I love it. Or you can get a, a watch that has that as a fraction of that price. It'll give you that yeah. exact feature, and that's all you need because we're already on our well, phone. We're already on, right. Let's so, just. To, to be fair, though, like the, the whole thing with consumerism and um, like useless products is that it's all relative to what that person actually values. But the problem is, is that we don't live in an intentional society. We live in a overconsumption, overabundance society. So we just want everything. And so Chad and I's approach is not to not want anything. It's yep. just to be very intentional with the things right. that we do want. So if an Apple Watch provides you with like joy and value and it's significantly valuable to you, then by all means. But for us, it just it was just an extra thing to notify us that we have a fucking Instagram message and we're like, I don't need, I don't even want another thing notifying me of something. That's right. We're already inundated with so many things. <laughs> Yeah. And, and yeah, so to Rebecca's point, um, you know, the barking on this new journey is all about intentionally and healthily asking yeah. yourself, do I actually need this? Does this, does the sugar benefit my life? Does this new product enhance my well-being? Does this, and like truly, truly not from like, oh, the marketing told me it did. No. Oh, that, that ad I seen about, um, you know, this delicious, uh, you know, cheesecake make me feel like that, that is all marketing, right? It's like, are are you intentionally setting out to to add something to your life that provides joy and everything else? You know, for me, I spend a lot on, on on my shoes, and for Rebecca, she spends a lot on photography and art supplies. But those are intentional purchases. Whereas, the, you know, I, like I said, the only reason I use the Apple Watch is many years ago, nobody had an Apple Watch; they just had the iPhone. People were like blown away; they even had an iPhone. Okay, now you need an Apple Watch? Do you really? Right? Once again, if you're an Apple lover and fan, maybe that is you. But but I'm just saying that's a great example because literally, you're you're totally fine with your phone without the watch okay so um anyway the, the point we're trying to make is, is to make everybody listen here more intentional because when you have an intentionality with the food you put in your body and the the things that you purchase you're going to feel um, much happier at the end of the day when you you go to rest knowing that you are in control that's, yeah and you are dictating your well-being long term that's the main thing yeah and everybody always talks about like oh i want this because it's going to make me happy it's going to make me feel good and whatever no that's absolutely not true that's what the marketing wants you to believe um, the only thing that's going to make you happier is by being intentional and buying useless shit is actually making you feel guilty whether you recognize it or not um, and it's it's hard because you grow up um, you know you grew up uh, experiencing Christmas time with Santa and tons of presents and you know consumerism and stuff which I love too but um, it was a really hard thing for me to learn over the last few years to 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 stop useless shopping and, and buying things on Amazon all the time and um, you know useless sugar eating yeah useless sugar eating and just you know scrolling through Facebook and Instagram and just clicking on an ad and buying the product because it looked cute or it looked cool or whatever um, and no intentionality behind it and it and it does not make you happier and it doesn't make you feel good and in fact it actually does the opposite and makes you feel guilty because you're like why did I even buy that I don't even fucking need that or want that or you know you don't even realize it and like in a week you'll forget about it that's right and so there's this whole thing of liberation that Rebecca and I are both feeling with um, being like, okay, I feel free from, uh, you know, an ad about a cake from skip the dishes to order dessert to me right now, or I feel liberated from not having to buy I, all this is liberation and control back. Everything we're doing now is intentional. And, and once again, it's not to say we're, you know, eating salad and not having fun here and there. No. Of course we are. Yeah. But um, it, it's all about, um, you know, making yourself feel confident in the choices you're making because just like you said before, you can't rely on, um, you know, things to fix, like, you know, the, the hospital trust, to help you. Yeah. You can't rely on the government to help you. You can't rely no. on, you know, the, the marketing to tell you what's best or the food product to put the best ingredients in there. They're not going to put the best ingredients. They're going to put what is the cheapest, yep. most profitable, that tastes the best, okay? Yep, that's and it. so if you don't understand that now, you're never going to understand that and you it's continue dangerous. to rationalize until you're blue in the face. But we see the benefits with our energy. You can... 
tell just by hearing us speak. We got energy for days now. We're we're fired up. We're and this all has to do with eliminating sugar. This is why our energy is where it is. The sky is the limit. I, I promise you, if you remove sugar, you will see the benefits. You're gonna go through a little bit of a sugar withdrawal in the first week. Yeah. Um, I know you've went through that yourself. Why don't you talk about that and then how it transitions into yeah, feeling better? So I feel like the I feel like the number one thing with the sugar, like if you have cravings, oh my gosh, cravings are so hard to get rid of, but you have to just go based off willpower in the beginning when you're getting sugar out of your system, especially if you consume it like very regularly. Um, because a lot of the evidence now is saying that um, in the gut microbiome with um, you know cravings and sugar is that you have the bacteria in your gut that feeds off the sugar and as soon as you cut that sugar supply off your gut is sending signals that makes you crave the sugar so that you keep feeding those bacteria otherwise those bacteria are going to know that they're going to die if you don't give it sugar so it's a very very interesting dynamic if you research about the gut microbiome biome and sugar and how that how the cravings happen that way um I actually loved learning about that because it put it into really good perspective that it wasn't me as a person like craving and needing the sugar it was my gut that was literally being like like telling me that if you don't give me sugar, I'm going to die. Like that's what the bacteria in your your gut are doing. So um, knowing that it wasn't like really mentally me craving the sugar, it was actually my body doing that to me. Um, it, it kind of gave me a little bit of peace of mind, but I will say it's really, really fucking hard. It's really, really hard in the beginning, but I promise that once you have cut it out for at least a month or two months, you will not even crave it anymore. You will not, you will not even, think about it as food or as something palatable to eat anymore. I've been having to do the last of the cakes at the bakery because I did not want to leave anybody hanging. I didn't want to cancel anybody's orders as we closed down our bakery business. So I just fulfilled the orders myself personally. Um, And honestly, I just feel like I don't feel like it's food. I just feel like it's gross to put icing on this product that is, um, you know, like all these ingredients. It's sugar, it's, you know, fat, it's oils, it's food colorings, it's flavorings. It's just this concoction of like unhealthiness. And I'm just icing cake. And of course, I'm just like, I, I love doing the art part of it. So I'm like, to me, I just, it, it it's like paint to me. Like I wouldn't eat paint. I'm not going to eat the icing. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just think of it like it's a, it's an art product, but the fact that it's also edible and I know that people are putting it in their bodies, I'm just like, Ooh, it's kind of, it's a, it honestly is a little bit cringy to me at this point. So yeah, once you get the, the cravings under control and you just, you know, sugar alternatives like stevia, even maple syrup, stuff like that, just do alternatives for a little bit, but just get, just try it. Just try it and see, see how you feel. That's right. It's awesome. So I hope you guys have had a lot of value out of this. Um, I know that uh, we're. It's all about what we're we're preaching now. And um, you know, once again, we're not here to make life miserable and take suck joy out of things you you like to do. The whole point is to bring intentionality back into decisions that you're making in your life. Yeah, I will say before we head off this episode, um, think of how many times you go to an event or a party or somebody's house, and you're like oh like I have I just have to eat this cake because it's here or I have to eat that because it's there and it's like you don't have to do anything okay and typically you're doing that because you're trying to like you either have no self-control number one or you're doing it because you don't want to make the host feel bad but but you're willing to sacrifice your own health to, to try and make somebody else not feel bad is kind of like fucked up if you think about it. Um, but how many times do you, have you done that personally where you go somewhere and you're like, oh, like I feel guilty because I had this there and that there and whatever. And it's like, you don't need to do that. You can, you know, bring your own snacks, eat before you go, make a game plan. Um, Anytime that you're putting things in your body, it is your own responsibility. And you should just be aware of that because a lot of times people blame 
you know, like, oh, it's Christmas time. I have to eat everything. I have to eat the cookies. I have to eat vacation. this it's tradition or vacation. Drink all the alcohol. It's like you, you don't have to do anything. You're responsible for your own health and your own well-being. And just be intentional. And if intentional means at this point in your life that you eat one less cookie or one less dessert and and you still eat it, but you eat one less, like that's a win then. At least you're going in the right direction. Exactly. That's awesome. That's great advice because yeah, so many times it's like, oh, well, you know, I could really eat healthy if I didn't, you know, hang out with so-and-so every so often. I didn't have these family functions coming up or I didn't have where we always did this. It's like, okay, you can rationalize that. I sound like a broken record with a rationalization, but that's really what it is. It's like, you are an adult. You are not responsible to anybody other than yourself. And you can make those decisions and say yes or no. And you do not need to worry about what other people think. And, and, and if you can, continue to live your life um, not recognizing that it's going to be at your own expense you're not going to be able to give back to your 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 spouse your kids your family because you're going to have low energy you're going to have foggy brain you're going to be having all these diseases later in life because you're just putting all these glucose spikes into your into your body day after day after day and your body's just wreaking havoc trying to clean up the mess of all this sugar up and down yo-yo you're doing and um yeah, yeah it's not and easy, a lot but. of people also are they will think like well i don't want to have an unhealthy like relationship with with certain foods or i don't want to demonize foods or like create fear-based eating and whatever it's like you should be fucking fear-based when it comes to sugar and alcohol and all the shit that's so bad for you like why wouldn't you be it's 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 terrible and the fact that we are you know some people on social media think that um you know, that that is creating a, a fear base or fear mongering mindset towards food is alarming. Like, I think that that is very called for. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I guess that's that's my point. It's a point well taken. Yeah. And then when you do have some sugar from time to time after you've like taken a couple months off of it and you have more control back in your life, you will feel so much better when you make the decision to eat something that has sugar in it that you actually like. Don't waste your sugar intake on a vanilla cupcake if you don't like vanilla cupcakes, right? I don't like vanilla cupcakes. I would rather have cheesecake or donut or chocolate or something. So make that count, but don't just waste it on something that is not equal to the value of what you're doing to the insides of your body. You know what I mean? That's right. Make it worth it. That's right. Make it worth it. It's awesome. We love to connect with our listeners. My website is RebeccaHamiltonCo.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and share it and tag us on social media. You can find me at Rebecca Hamilton Co. And Chad is at Chad Hamilton Runs. And if you have a show or a podcast, we would love to be a guest and share our story with your audience and help get more people inspired to live authentically. Thanks for listening. This is Scrap the Sweet Talk with Chad and Rebecca Hamilton.